Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about the Yankees moving Sanchez and Urshela to the Twins in what is an interesting trade. The Rangers split a pair of games as the trade deadline looms in the NHL. And Rutgers basketball is dancing in March, baby. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start with the Yankees since I haven't talked about them in quite a while. And baseball is back, which is a great thing for all. The lockout has ended. The owners have some control over some decisions about how baseball is played on the field, which is great. And we are going to be back to baseball by April, so that's a great thing. The Yankees, right out of the gate, made a trade with the Twins. And in my opinion, it addressed some problems and maybe created some new ones. So let's go ahead and talk about the trade. <clears throat> so the Yanks sent Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Twins. Um, in what the press is calling, I guess, a blockbuster trade for some reason. <laughs> and, I, and I don't understand why. This, you know, There's no real blockbuster folks in this trade. The Yankees end up getting a shortstop back, uh, Kiner Falafa, who's apparently very good defensively, by the way, and something <laughs> the Yankees desperately, desperately, desperately need is a good defensive shortstop. Thank God. Um, we'll see how good he is. Um, he is 26. He is very good defensively. He can steal bases. He has speed. Um, he also hit 271 last year, and I think he has about a 265 career batting average, so that's good. You know, he doesn't strike out a lot, and that's something that the Yankees are in dire need of. So they have a good defensive shortstop with speed who hits pretty well and doesn't strike out a lot. That sounds like a win for the Yanks right there. Connor Falafel left to see how good he does. Um, they also got third baseman Josh Donaldson, um, who was a great player at one time, but now he is old. And 36. He hasn't batted over 259 since 2017. Um, he's supposedly good defensively, but not great. Um, again, he's replacing Gio Rochella, who is very good defensively. And again, Donaldson is old, so maybe not so great here. We'll have to see if we've actually added anything at third. My sense is that we haven't, but we'll see. Um, we added an old righty bat who probably is about the same defensively as Geo, maybe a little better. We'll have to see. Um, in any case, we got Connor Falafa at shortstop and Josh Donaldson at third and some catcher that I personally never heard of, um, Ben Rortved. Uh, I had to actually Google him to, to, to know who, who he was. He seems like an unknown, but he's only 24 and, you know, come on here. He can't be worse than Sanchez. I mean, no one can. Higashioka may be getting a lot of playing time behind the plate this year, um, which is great. I mean, honestly, come on. It doesn't matter how bad this guy is, but he's, he can't be as bad as Sanchez. Matter of fact, let, let's start there. I can't tell you how happy it makes me to know that suck-ass Sanchez is no longer on this team. He's been an albatross to this team. He's a lethargic cow, I mean, a lazy-ass, I-don't-care performer who basically is the bane of my existence for five years now. I mean, he was atrocious defensively, like the worst defensive catcher I've ever seen. And I've seen Posada for many years. He flat-out misses balls that are in the strike zone or just out of strike zone. He doesn't move at all. He's lazy behind the plate. He's lazy running to first. He causes so many friggin' wild pitches, quote-unquote, because he can't block anything. A pitcher throws anything that's a little away from the plate, and it's automatically a wild pitch because he can't catch it. 
also at the plate, he's a r- ridiculous strikeout machine. The amount of times he strikes out is just unprecedented. It's ridiculous. Things he used to be good at are also now terrible. His home run production and his percent for throwing runners out has tanked recently. I mean, he barely bats 190 with like a 50% strikeout rate over the last two years. Good friggin' riddance. Goodbye, Gary. See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Goodbye. Now, losing Urshela, on the other hand, hurts. Uh, Gio was a likable guy. I mean, <laughs> I love seeing him smile, you know, when he makes some kind of play in the field. It really is, uh, it's nice to watch him. He's easy to root for. He hits pretty well. You know, he makes contact. He's a reliable defensive third baseman. He didn't strike out much compared to the rest of the team. And he's someone that I think every Yankee fan really likes personally and professionally. And I think it will be a loss for the Yanks. Now, Josh Donaldson is good, but, you know, we know what we have in Geo. And, you know, we'll see how this swap out, you know, favors the Yanks or the Twins. I have a feeling it's going to affect the Twins, especially as time goes on, because Donaldson is old. So the questions following this trade, um, in my mind, let's see, there's a couple. One, where is DJ LeMahieu going to play? Um Idiot Boone is keep spouting that Torres is the second baseman. Wonderful. So where is DJ going to play now, right? Um, I wish they traded Torres instead of Gio. That would have been perfect. Would have opened up the second base spot. You have an all-star, gold glove, second baseman, two-time batting champ. But instead, he's going to play Torres, who hasn't done shit in the last two years. Just He's been terrible. He's tanked. I mean, it would have made way more sense doing that than than trading Geo, but I guess that's where they had to go. And maybe the Twins preferred Geo. I don't know. It's hard to say. But Torres seems like a shell of himself. So where is DJ going to play? Is he going to stick him at first? Which is my next sort of question. Who is playing first? Is it going to be Rizzo? Is it going to be some other free agent? Are they going to stick, you know, DJ over there? What what's what is DJ's position? I mean, this is a friggin' batting champion, guys, who you took out of position for Torres, who sucks recently. So come on. Um, and my other question, although I think I know the answer, is just how good is Connor Falafa at shortstop? And I guess we're going to see, but I have a feeling it's going to help the whole team because honestly, speed and defense are underrated baseball traits. Absolutely positively underrated baseball traits and they have huge impacts on winning baseball games nobody talks about speed nobody talks about defense but our new shortstop has both of them and that those are winning formulas so i'm very happy about that and one more thing i want to say about the yankees it has nothing to do with the trade and and i'm going to get myself in trouble because it is what it is but you know new york city is now not allowing unvaccinated players to play home games in new york city and apparently, Aaron Judge is not vaccinated, though he hasn't said it. He keeps giving coy answers to the press when they asked if he's vaccinated. So the deal is, if he's not vaccinated, he can't play any games at Yankee Stadium. I mean, if this is true and he's not vaccinated, what a friggin' idiot he is. I mean, if not, if he's not, he's going to hurt the team. I mean, why doesn't he go join Kyrie, Kyrie Irving in the idiot parade and just screw off already? I mean... Enough said about that, since apparently vaccines are such a political thing this day in this ridiculous world we live in. But Judge, just get the friggin' vaccine already, and if if he hurts the team, it's going to be very hard to kind of get over that and and 
for the fans and everyone else. I don't think they're going to be booing the, the mayor. I think they're going to be booing Judge at that point. So get the friggin' vaccine and move on. All right. And that's all I have to say about that and the Yankees and the trade. And let's move on to the Rangers. So the Rangers had an interesting four or five days. Um, they split a pair of games, losing in a crushing, bad, awful fashion to the Blues on Thursday night. Just a dreadful game. And then they came from behind to beat the Dallas Stars on Saturday night. I mean, with the trade deadline looming, the Rangers really are in need of an upgrade. And, and it showed recently. The Thursday game against the Blues was possibly the worst game I've seen the Rangers play in about two friggin' years. So Sturkin believe it or not, was actually pulled in the game. That goes to show you how bad this game was. When Igor Shosturkin, who's the best goalie on the planet, had to get pulled early in the game, like early in the second period, the Rangers just obviously were terrible. They looked dreadful about in every phase of the game. And there isn't too much to even say about this game. I think they need to just burn the friggin' tape. What a disgusting game that was on, on Thursday night. And enough said about that. The better. Just forget about that game and move on. And it looked like it was going to carry over too, because then on Saturday night they were they were down two nothing again early, which is starting to goal again. And it was just you were thinking as a Ranger fan, what the hell is going on here, right? Um, but this was against the Dallas Stars Saturday, and they ended up bouncing back, having a big comeback, and uh, they won seven to four over Dallas Saturday night. Um, it was a much needed win, and it's something that. I think is indicative of this Rangers team this year compared to some of the previous Rangers team. And I've, I've mentioned this once or twice before. And the Rangers are resilient in a way that previous teams in Rangerland have not been. They're still not good enough, though, to compete with the elite teams. But at least they are resilient. So they don't go on these long losing streaks or have these long mediocre streaks. So even when it doesn't seem they're playing well, they're resi resilient enough to go ahead and rebound and continue to get the points. I mean, it's a bit funny to say, I guess, for a team that's now 37, 17, and 5. And, you know, I'm saying here, hey, they're not on the same level as some of these elite teams. But, you know, if you watch them, they're not. They're 37, 17, and 5, but they're not good enough, right? And if you watch them, you know it. They need another consistent top six score. They need one, right? They need center depth badly, badly, right? Um they need a backup goalie. And, you know, many of you know my feelings on Georgiev. He definitely needs to go. So we'll see how the Rangers look after the trade deadline, which is rapidly approaching. And uh, hopefully they get some acquisitions, which will help their playoff run. So go Rangers. I also wanted to talk quickly about Rutgers. Um, Rutgers basketball will be dancing this week, baby. They got a bid into the play-in game. They're going to play against Notre Dame on Wednesday night. They're one of the first four. And if they win, they get to play Alabama in San Diego on Friday, which I just came from, by the way. San Diego's beautiful. Uh, so they get to play Notre Dame, who I think they can beat. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then they can move on and play Alabama and San Diego, who I also think they can beat. Um, this was a deserving bid for Rutgers to get into the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, since Rutgers, as we have talked about many times, had some bad losses, but they were a long time ago. They were like November and maybe December bad losses, right? They, they were bad, but they were a long time ago. They also had huge, tremendous wins, and they were much more recent, right, in February and into March. So this is a very good, very bad team at times, but most recently very, very good and one that is deserving of playing in March here in March Madness. Uh, it's hard to say 
how Rutgers is going to do here. I mean, Rutgers could easily lose on Wednesday and be done. And I mean easily. No one would think twice. You know, or, you know, they have the capacity to win three or four tournament games here. I mean, for real. That is how good and concurrently how Jekyll and Hyde this team actually is. So we're going to have to see. Anything is possible. It's a fitting send-off, though, for Geo Baker. And, you know, whatever game that re- uh, Rutgers loses will be Geo's last. So it'll be his send-off. And the fact that we'll be in the NCAA tournament is great. And maybe for Harper, too, by the way. So go RU and let's go dancing, baby. And thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. I want you to please subscribe to the podcast if you like it and tell your friends about it. I will be back soon for more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.